in uh, Carrollton. You know, the beginning of Matthew, you find the lineage of Jesus. And I'm not going to take time to read through that, but if you if you love to read, if you love to search out things, spend some time and read through that because in of itself that lineage of Jesus is amazing. It's incredible what God does and and how he includes and pulls people, men and women, Jews and non-Jews into the heritage of Jesus. But now we have the amazing names of the Christ. And I want to talk about that here for a few minutes as we go to, to God in communion, to remembrance of Jesus. And here in John, or Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, it says, Now the birth of Jesus, which the incredible speakers up front and the angels and everyone portrayed so well. It says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary found that he had been betrothed, when his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife. For that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall name him or call him Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. You know, the first name that we see of the Christ is Jesus. You have Mary and Joseph, a young couple, probably not too much older than those who are up here on the stage. In their mid-teens. In turmoil. They're trying to do what's right. One's finding herself to be pregnant and never lying with a man. The second is trying to be a good potential fiancé and realizes that his future wife is pregnant, but because he cares for her, he doesn't want to bring shame on her. And so both are trying to do what's right, but they're in a lot of turmoil and bewildered, and they don't know what to do. How many of us so many times that we're trying to do the right thing, and we're bewildered and don't know what to do? The angel comes, and I'm not going to dance like the angel. <laughs> the angel came and, and told Dave or Joseph that this is conceived by the Holy Spirit. This is special, and you're going to name him. Jesus. Now, see, for us today, you know, we could say, yeah, Jesus, okay, yeah, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. But, you know, really, if you don't, again, you don't like to study, you don't really appreciate what that means. Jesus is the Greek equivalent to the Hebrew name Josiah, which means in Hebrew, Yahweh saves. Josiah. Yahweh saves. It was a very common name for centuries. And what was happening is that it reflected the hope of all the Jewish parents that named their children Yahweh saves because literally over centuries, Judah was under oppression by successive world powers. I know life can be hard for us. Life can be difficult for us. I get that. Health, finances, relationships, 
your own personal demons. I get that. But honestly, we probably cannot appreciate how hard it was 2,000 years ago in a little dinky fishing village when your people were being pressed by hundreds of years. Yahweh saves. And so Jesus was a very common name for little boys. It wasn't unique. It wasn't amazing. It was actually rather quite common, such as Mike or John. But it meant something. It meant Josiah, Jesus saves. Imagine having on our heart as a nation, all the little boys running around reminding us that it's Yahweh, God saves. You know, we think about Yahweh saves today, Jesus saves today. And we think about separation from God, and I'm not sure where you're at in your walk with God, but Yahweh saves is still as meaningful today as it was 2,000 years ago. And I remember I was having a talk with one of my sons about a year ago, and, and I remember we are talking about, there's a scripture in Galatians chapter 5, and it says it's the acts of the sinful nature. And they're obvious, and those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. And my son and I were talking about the modern versus postmodern. And if you're about 40, 45 years old, chances are you're probably more of a modernist. And if you're younger than that, you're probably postmodern. I'm not going to get into that right now. But for all of us who are probably 45, 50 and over, the thought of sin is not foreign to us. Yeah, I understand what sin is. I, I understand what it means. But if you're younger, it's like, oh, it's just a Judeo-Christian list. Oh, it's a list of things you're not supposed to do. So I don't accept that list. And so I was talking to my son. And he was like, Dad, he goes, you know, this, this list, it's not really a list. It's, a, it's degrees of separation. And I think if we're going to help people understand that Yahweh saves, that we've got to help understand is that since creation, since we've become self-willed, you might say, literally there are ways that we separate ourselves from everybody. And so really Galatians chapter 5, 19 through 21 is just literally a list of separation. How do we separate from God? How do we separate ourselves from each other? How do we separate ourselves from ourselves? And those of us, again, who are probably over 40 can appreciate, yeah, I know what it feels like to be separated. Someday, somehow, someone is going to be separated from you. Because of your sin, their sin, the world's sin, life, and you're going to feel abandoned and separated. Whether or not it's alcoholism or drugs or, or sex or whatever. Degrees of separation. You know, a number of years ago, when Patty and I were going through a lot, when I say a lot, I mean a lot. And Patty heard this sister say this a lot when she was in Chicago. She goes, God's way always works. 
Whatever you do, God's way always works. No matter how hard it gets, God's way always works. So, you know, kind of our unwritten motto in our family for the last 30 years, 35 years, is God's way always works. God, Yahweh, saves. So it's kind of cool. You think about needing someone to get rid of that separation. Get rid of that Judeo-Christian list of things that you're not supposed to do. So we have another name for Jesus. And then we continue to read in Matthew chapter 1, verse 22. It says, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him or call him Emmanuel. Which means God with us. While Jesus woke from sleep, he, he did as the angel Lord commanded him. He took his wife. He knew her not until she had given birth to a son. And he called his name Jesus. Emmanuel, the second name of the Christ. God with us. So we know that Jesus is Yahweh saves. But now we understand that Jesus, or God is with us. Literally, bringing the presence of God to flesh. Bringing the presence of God to man and his promised deliverance. To touch. To listen. To lean on. To follow. You know, you look at the New Testament and the Gospels and you see all the way the people responded to the God with us. You see all the way the people responded to Joshua the Lord saves. They touched him. They listened to him. They leaned up against him physically. And some followed. You know, and I know many of us, when we, again, we study the Bible, we always look at a scripture also besides Galatians 5, 19, but we also look at Matthew chapter 28. In verse 18, it says, Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded. And behold, I am with you always to the very end of the age. You know, God said with this little baby, he says, you know what? Nation of Israel, Yahweh saves. But also... I'm coming to be with you, to walk with you. And the book of Matthew begins and ends with, I will be with you to the, er the end of the age. Closeness, intimacy, understanding, nearness, tenderness, affection. <laughs> we all want this. We all doubt it. You know, I've been married now for 26 years. I'd be a liar if I told you I didn't at times insecurely doubt my wife's love for me. 
in a weird kind of way, it's like, no way. There's n- oh, got that angel in me a little bit there for a second. You know, there's no way that, you know, a Patty could really love me. There, there's got to be a limit to her love. There's got to be. There's just, I'm too edgy. I'm too big. I'm, I'm too sassy. I'm, you know, my head's too big. I mean, there's got to be something. And so I would just, in the back of my pocket, I'd be like, uh, closeness, that intimacy, that, you know, I've been through too much garbage. I've been through too many things. I've seen too much. I've had too much sin. And, and it's like, do I really believe it that someone can love me, walk with me, understand me, be close to me, intimate with me, now, ultimately, she can't be everything that I need. That's why we have God. And I can't be to her everything she needs. That's why she has to be close to God. We all want it. We all want that intimacy, that closeness, that walk. And we all doubt it. You know, see, the challenge here of our past separation Again, the Galatians 5, Judeo-Christian list of things you're not supposed to do. That really is a list of degrees of separation from us, from everything else around us. The challenge of that past separation is to embrace the presence. The challenge that we have in communion, the challenge we have is if I'm going to be a disciple of Jesus. The, The challenge we have is that I've got to embrace the presence. I know I've been separated. I know I've done things. I know people around me have done things. I know they'll continue to do things. But ultimately, I've got to unlearn the world. I've got to go through partial reparenting, discipleship. I've got to trust. And see, these things help us to understand that God is with us. Because by our nature, we distrust. By our nature, we don't believe that we can have God with us, around us, when three or more gather together in my name. Here's the last scripture I'll read here before we take communion. It's in Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4, there's, a, there's this argument that the writer Hebrews is going through trying to convince the Jews how much greater Jesus is than Moses, the prophets. And in this discussion in chapter 4, verse 14, it says, Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through heaven, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in the time of need. See, there will be times of need in our future. You know, with the God with us, 
Jesus enables us to become bold before God's throne. See, he offers us forgiveness. He offers us forgiveness of sins. He offers us the opportunity to not be separated. He offers intimacy. He offers mercy and help to find grace in the time of need. And the older you get, you know that there will be times of need. And you know there's going to be times for need for grace. And you know that you need God with you. And it's offered to us. And we can engage it boldly. If we understand what's before us and what's offered to us, Yahweh says, God is with us. Don't let our separation from the past mess us up for the future. Let's go to God in Christ and pray for his life and his death, his sacrifice for us through communion. Our Father, God, we come to you now this time humbled and grateful for this time to remember your love and your sacrifice. God, we pray that we'll celebrate the name of Jesus, that Yahweh saves. God, that you've given us someone that that will forgive us of our sins, that, Father, will help us not to be separated. And, God, you've given us Emmanuel, that you're with us, you're walking with us, you want to be intimate with us, close to us. Father, help us to embrace that. Help us to appreciate that. God, help us to love you and help us to love one another. And it's in your son's name, Jesus, we pray. Amen.